One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, I'm Andrew Clark. And I'm Doug Sanum. This podcast is brought to you by the Pilot Light Campaign. In these weekly chats, we will have real and honest conversations with our inspiring friends and other amazing human beings we want you to know about. We take a unique glimpse into their lives and hear their incredible journeys from overcoming challenges to building better mindsets, habits, and routines. This is the Skull Session Podcast. Okay, good. Welcome to the Skull Session Podcast. I'm Andrew Clark. And I'm Doug Sanham. And today's guest is the great Richard Turner. <laughs> How you doing, mate? Pretty good. Pretty good, thanks, Andrew. Richard, um, you're an old friend. We've been uh, doing a lot of kind of cooking together over the last couple of years. Uh, live fire, a lot of meat, that kind of stuff. But yeah. for anyone that doesn't know who you are, why don't you tell yourself, tell us about yourself, good rather. Good question. Uh, <laughs> I am a... A chef of sorts. Um, I don't really cook much anymore, but I've, I used to be uh, exec chef of Hawksmoor, still part of Hawksmoor, um, Blacklock, uh, Meatopia, mm-hmm. Turner and George is my butchery, um, I was PICQ, and I've written a few books about meat and food and, you know, pigs, yeah. beef. I think that's pretty much... Me. You are the go-to man of meat in the country, I think. So they say, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how that happened, because I'm, 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 not, <laughs> I'm not entirely focused on meat. I mean, I've always loved my fish and my vegetables, and I'm very much an omnivore, and at times yeah. I've been semi-vegetarian, so so I'm not sure how that happened. I think it just it came from a pub I used to own yeah, uh, back in the day called the Albion in Islington, and uh, we had a giant barbecue in the back, and I used to cook a lot of chunks of meat, and... And at that time, which was like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, um, there weren't a lot of people cooking over live fire. Mm. And uh, I just got tired with the uh, the meat guy brush. Yeah. And then when I joined Hawksmoor and, uh, and went on to do Turner and George and Blacklock and Meatopia, there was a theme running through Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. So I guess I made my own uh, reputation, but it's not 100% correct. Do you wish you would... Uh do you wish it had gone in another direction, or are you happy with what it is? Uh, I think there's still time, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not cooking, but I, I am going to do another restaurant one day uh, soon, I think. And uh, I'm really into my surf and turf combinations nowadays. 
Yeah, we've been talking about that, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we've done quite a few. We did one out in uh, Ibiza as well. Remember we, we did. did that steak with like a, a cabaneros butter, carabineros butter. Yeah, we cook really well together. Yeah. yeah. We should probably do it together. <laughs> I mean, you know, we should, yeah. What Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Prawn and pork or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've, surf and turf is an amazing combination. I, 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 it's in, in its kind of... In its very basic format of like a bit of lobster and steak, I think it's kind of naff. But I think, you know, fermented or dried kind of shrimps, so, you know, the way they flavour kind of meaty sauces. Um, look at an exo sauce, for instance. Yeah. A surf and turf in a sauce in a jar. I mean, it's delicious. It goes back to Romans, isn't it? They used to um, ferment and rotting fish and, yeah. and uh, use the season everything. So it's, it's, you know, it's been going on for forever. But... Uh, I mean, even like French cookery, like uh, jus parisien, is uh, like a, a gravy with uh, bernoisette and anchovies in it. Mm-hmm. And that goes with meat really well. So it's, it's quite, it's, you know, it's not unusual. It's just we don't really call it surf and turf. No. I think it's, it is that NAF name that came about for yeah. the very obvious steak and lobster combination that you got in the yeah. old American steakhouses. But yeah, it's, it's been around a while. As I say, it's gauging that... Um what we were speaking about before about seasoning yeah everything is different now how we approach cooking like the whole kind of umami feel with everything is about what we add to it and and what that sort of seasoning allows when it comes to it i wouldn't even have thought about doing a million different varieties of surf and turf but actually now that you've just said it yeah my head's already spinning well, oh, I mean, pork and clams and i mean even like a pork pie you know the, the english pork pie i think it's the milton Mowbray one is seasoned with anchovies Mm. so you know it's, it's part of our history it goes back way well steak and kidney used to have oysters yeah. in it because they were cheaper than the steak right yeah. yeah so it's been around I mean and, and again like you can look to Asia I think uh, Chinese do uh, the kind of surf and turf thing well pork and prawn yeah. dumplings that kind of stuff we just had some pork and prawn spring rolls yeah, we did, yeah. <laughs> so you know it's there I think it's a great combination but we do, um, I mean, we, we've had some good chats about kind of meat and concepts and stuff. I mean, I think one of the ones we had earlier on in India was about doing something that was uh, kind of steak-based, but maybe like some debris, like something, you know, using the prime cut, but also garnishing with the, the slow-cooked secondary cuts. So. Yeah, I mean, that comes from, you know, like in a French, French sort of kitchen, when you're, you know, doing the classical training back in the day. You would, you know, refine all these sauces and, you know, pass them three times through muslin and, and all the stuff that came out from making these sauces was bloody delicious. Yeah. Um, and I just, well, you know, I, I couldn't understand why we were throwing it in the bin when, you know, if you picked through it and, and took the best bits out and put it back in and you call it, you pointed out it was called a debris in, uh, yeah. in you know, southern US cooking. Um, you know, why waste it? Why, why waste anything? You, you know. I'd much rather have a little stew on the side than a, than a clean, perfectly smooth sauce, you know. Well, I think, you know, pe- peasant food has always been that, hasn't it? Just, you mm. know, they've got to, nothing's clarified, nothing's refined. It's just in a yeah. pot and eating out yeah. the pot until the last bowl's done. And um, 
and it's good that you know you've got a lot of kind of starred kitchens or fine dining kitchens that do look back at the old school ways of doing yeah. things but you know i think i get a bit lazy now as a chef now where i just want to do everything just in one pan i don't want to wash up <laughs> do you know i mean particularly i'm, saying, I'm saying maybe for more at home yeah, exactly yeah. i don't really care <laughs> if i'm paying someone to do it but um uh yeah for at home it's just like do everything in one pan now mm. And see, and just let it go for like. My mum always did a pullo pot, like a, a, um, a chicken in a pot, and we'd have that for two or three days until the last one's gone. But then, you know, as it goes down, maybe you just got to add more things to it, like some chili sauce or something. On the third day, you don't want the same di- dinner in a row three days and the lunches as well. But um, towards the end, it's like you know, put some kimchi in there, put some chili sauce in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all these expensive proteins are too easily available now. With intensive farming, you know, yeah. you can go to a supermarket and pick up, I don't know, I mean, you know, lamb chops for like £3.50 or something and mm-hmm. chickens for like four quid. And, you know, we should, I, I'd like to sort of appreciate these ingredients better and, and, you know, not buy the cheap stuff and actually try and, you know, make more of them rather than buy a chicken for four quid and, you know, eat it in one day. It's just... It's I think, that, but there's that importance, isn't there, of knowing that... You, We've talked about it a bunch of times, but about how people should be eating more expensive meat. You know, meat shouldn't be cheap. It's a luxury. It's not a right. More expensive Um, and better quality. Exactly. Um, But then it's also giving people the confidence to know what to do with it. Not that, you know, let's not think in terms of meat and two veg, because then that piece of meat is expensive. But if you can get a few meals out of it and think perhaps a little bit more Asian. Someone should write a book about that. No, well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's an idea, isn't it? <laughs> but, um, you know, just thinking about it as from perhaps a slightly more Asian point of view where it is a seasoning or a garnish and um, and just getting a little bit more out of that. Well, it's, um, you know, it's a, it is a generational thing, isn't it? You know, well, we talk about it as chefs because we understand it and we know how to work mm. things in certain ways and costing and everything like that. But once upon a time, you know, my parents growing up would have had you know, a piece of meat from Sunday that would last three, four days. Yeah. Um, most of it would be bulked out with offal because it was cheap. You know, you mm-hmm. can get all of that as one piece because it was expensive, but eating wasn't about the meat. No. It was about eating. You know, my, my dad even said to me the other day that they used to save the, um, the, the liquid that they used to cook all the greens in. Mm-hmm. So they just have cabbage water. Really? Stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they, they didn't throw anything away. My grandparents used to make gravy out of the cabbage water. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I do that. Yeah. I definitely do that if I'm yeah. boiling up vegetables. It's don't just. Waste anything. I mean, yeah. look, I know, do because I don't want to wash up any more pans. <laughs> <laughs> we're just too affluent nowadays. I mean, you know, yeah. we, we just don't, you know, you can get food so cheaply and you don't appreciate it. No, having that kind of respect of the creature as well, you know, just that, that everything was a living, breathing creature at one point, and we don't have the education. Kids, you know, don't understand that. Yeah, the lamb chops that you have, uh, they come from that thing you call a lamb that's running around the field. They used to be seasonal as well. I mean, you know, you know, when I was a kid, uh, you know, I'm pretty old, but yeah. when I was a kid, uh, you know, I remember lamb actually was still seasonal, and then it, as as I grew older, it became like all year round and. And then New Zealand lamb came in the 70s. And, yeah. You know, and then... And the supermarkets dictate the season as well, doesn't it? They, I mean, they kind of move the spring lamb forward so that it would coincide with Easter. Yeah. So, come on, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah spring lamb's like summer, isn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. If it's born in the spring, how can you eat it in the spring? Yeah. Hang 
Yeah, but we should, we should be following it through. You know, we should we should be having lamb, hog it, mutton. Yep. You know, and, and treating it as such if that's how we're going to go about well, it. We, we don't eat hog it and mutton anymore. No, I, mean, I love I, hog it. Mutton's delicious. Mm. I mean, you know, it can be a bit funky sometimes, but if you get good mutton. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Much better than the lamb. Absolutely. I mean, at least, you know, a good curry house will have mutton still. Yep. That's where it mm. tends to go. But you're, you're right. I think it's like give it a chance. Yeah. Give it a chance to live a little bit. Yeah. So, with meat then, how much do you eat these days? Well, I go through phases. At the moment, I mean, recently I've been on a, I mean, I went for a period of being plant-based, just, you know, trying to lose weight, trying to get healthy, feel lighter. And I read a book by a doctor, I can't remember his name now, but it'll come to me, Sean something, Sean Baker, I think it's called, mm-hmm. his name was. And uh, it's called The Carnivore Diet, and I read the book and I, I thought I'd give it a go. And I've, I've been carnivorous for a couple of months now. Yeah. But uh, but now that's falling by the wayside because he's not doing what, what it says in the tin. So uh, I'm looking for, I mean, you know, I, I'd like to eat less meat. Yeah. I, I want to be healthy. And it's harder to be healthy in your diet when you, when you, when you wake up, when, when you sort of get into your 40s and your 50s, you sort of realise you've got to eat properly. You've got to eat healthily because your body doesn't cope with the yeah, crap completely. anymore. Um, so you you know, it, it's it's about understanding what how your body works and what what's best for it. Well, it's the um, it's what gets given to animals as well, which then ultimately gets passed on to us. Yeah, you know, yeah. So they much get shit. fed up with antibiotics, and then they get fucking corn and all well, of that shit. Fed that doesn't to them happen as much here. I mean, if if you get anything from America or from some, mm. I think there might be some European companies countries. No, no, I think the European countries are okay. okay. But there are other countries where you, the meat is full of antibiotics and uh, and strange feeds. I mean, we've still got some weird stuff. I mean, I've seen like the, the worst of our chicken industry, do you know what I mean? And the stuff that goes into the, the chicken's feed. And, yeah, I imagine you know what I mean? those it's cheap not, chickens are probably not, not yeah. what they should cut out to be. But, but, I mean, I don't buy them. I mean, no, I, I feel that I, um, I always talk about getting the best meat. Um, and being as responsible, I, the the problem is, it's, it goes out the window when I've had a couple of beers, and <laughs> that's everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky Fried, I shouldn't say this, but that that place, that yeah. fried chicken place, I know the one. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, we all know that those chickens are not good chickens, and they've, you know, I mean, there are stories about, you know, how what they look like in in the in the farms, but yeah, you know, a couple of beers and. We all pop in there. I know it's delicious. I, mean, I, I hate to say that, but for years. But I mean, I'd, I'd still walk past it and go, "God, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. Don't go in, don't go in. <laughs> don't look at his face." <laughs> it's just yeah, a couple of beers and every, your, your opinions change. You're like, yeah. "Damn it, I'm going in. I'm getting them wings." Kebabs. I mean, and the following kebabs. Kebabs. I know. Again, well, you know, living in Hackney, there's a lot of Turkish restaurants around here. Um, I've never questioned the meat. I also eat a lot of Chinese food, and I never question it. But I, you know, these are things I know I need to improve. If I could be more uh, proficient in cooking Turkish food for myself and uh, Chinese food for myself, then I'd make better choices with that. But yeah, I mean, no one's would, perfect, and no one's no. you know you, you can't avoid it. But but just make conscious decisions about you know when you actually buy your own meats and fish and whatever, and and avoid. The best you can the, the you know intensively farm stuff it's about asking the right questions as well isn't it you know asking your butcher where things come from and if they can't explicitly explain then they just turn around and say oh it's just barbary duck 
<laughs> Tell me about that. Well, do you know what? Actually, there's what's been kind of good about lockdown now is that, and I'm sure Tony and George have done it as well. Although you've always been kind of retail and, and consumer facing, but you know, for um, a, a bunch of the suppliers that I use in the restaurants, it's just like the fact that they've been able to now be kind of consumer facing, do boxes, and people now have more access to uh, some really, really amazing supply. Yeah, a lot more than before. Yeah, and I mean that it's like in any industry. There is there is some hoods out there, some crooks, and uh, people people often lie about produce to to get it into your you know into the supply line. So you have to check it very carefully. Yeah, I heard about one of them recently. I've had loads <laughs> of them. I've had, oh. you know, well, I mean, you know, you get you get a carcass in that's supposed to be from A, B, or C, and it's got a label coming from somewhere completely different. Yeah, yeah. And it's been sold to you as the other thing. And sure. you're like, hang on a minute, that can't be right. And I've seen that, you know, a few times. So you really do have to be on the ball. If, you, if, you, if you're going to, you know, put yourself out there as being ethical, eco-friendly and, and you know, a, a conscious butcher. Yeah, yeah. Then you really do have to watch what's coming in and where it's coming from and, and validate it. Um, you know, A to B supply chain. I mean, you know, traceability is, is a key word, but it's really not very easy. Really? Yeah, it's a lot harder than just, you know, saying, looking back where it came from, because sometimes it's, you know, things get mixed up and and they're not quite what they say they are. You have to be on the ball. I think it's, I mean, you put a lot of trust in your suppliers, don't you? I mean, you know, if, if it's a local butcher or it's, um, you know, a meat supplier for a restaurant, you... you you go with that person because you're buying into what they've they've got to offer, and um, you put a lot of trust in that. And um, it, you know, if people then abuse that trust, it's really hard to give it back out to anyone else, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, the common one is uh, you know sell, selling meat as a certain breed, um, yeah. which sounds good. Like, I mean, you know, the most famous one is Aberdeen Angus. It sounds great, but there's very few Aberdeen Angus out there. There's 200 in the country. Right. So how can all this meat be Aberdeen Angus, really? Mm. And it's just sired by, by Aberdeen Angus. So it's a fast-growing cow with a, with a, a you know an Aberdeen Angus over the top, and they legally can call it Aberdeen Angus. I've heard that as well. Like you know, I think I remember getting some salt marsh lamb when I was down in Kent, and um, I ended up talking to one of the farmers down there how um, uh, they would say that the it only needed to be on the ground for about 30 days <laughs> yeah. so they could get it from wales they could get it from ever yeah. then it all they it had to be there for like 30 days or something i'm probably making the timeline up but it was a, a very minimal amount of time and then it could be called salt marsh lamb it's like really because <laughs> you were born there yeah mm. yeah or just you had your last days there do you yeah. know what i mean the age of the animals i mean there's a, there's a group of uh, there's a group 18 months to 30 months i think it is of cattle and they say it's 18 to 30 months well it's not it's 18 months exactly because keeping it any longer to keep you know to get it into that bracket costs yeah, yeah. money and uh you know it's just how they sort of you know blur the lines does that yeah. um knowing that you've been plant-based does that have an ethical impact on your decisions when it comes to food because obviously the farming industry isn't wonderful no matter how much we try and again blur the lines and understand how it works it's not a very popular opinion but I'm, I'm not convinced that ethically speaking a, a plant-based diet is any better for the environment well, it's better for the animals obviously but it's not better for the environment or or wildlife than, than a you know omnivorous diet mm. 
I think, you know, when they, a lot of these farming practices mm. kill an awful lot of animals in the process of farming. So, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's very hazy. There's no right or wrong. You just kind of sort of find your own way. Um, oh, I think particularly when it comes to like soy, um, I was I was out in uh, Ohio in um, the states during August, and I know this uh, you know they grow a lot of corn out there, but you know there's a lot of soy as well. I didn't actually realise what the soy was. I was like, what, what plant is this? I'm seeing it everywhere, and that's all you see. I mean, the the, the plants, uh, sorry, the the farms just literally have two crops these days. Yeah. Once upon soy, a time, yeah, the most soy is incredibly unethical. the most yeah. farmed. Um, items in the world isn't it soy and corn two of them yeah i think wheat and something else rice is yeah. another but um yeah those ones i mean to realize that when you're driving through and we, we, we did a little road trip out there but you know you're just literally going through endless towns with these you know corn fields and soy fields most of that's going to animal yeah that's where it becomes really kind of unethical is yeah yeah and they kill, they wipe out entire ecosystems growing that stuff. Yeah. Because they do it on such a scale. It's not like a little farm in, of like four or five acres. It's, it's like, it's like a, a county. Yeah. Yeah. Covered in farmland growing one crop where nothing can live apart from that crop because they're spraying it and they're... They've got to know, treat the ground, haven't they, now yeah. before, before they're even planting anything. Yeah. And you're putting really hybridized seeds in there that have very little nutritional value anyway. But they've got to put all that into the soil before doing it. It's just yeah. Most of the green they can see from space is farmland, isn't it? Is it? Isn't that awful? Mm. Isn't that horrible? Yeah. <laughs> the thought process. It's just like and that and that's to, you know, feed us, and well, basically kill to feed that's us me. to then feed animals, and it doesn't really make any sense. But last chance to see. It's like you know, I've been to the Amazon, but you know. It's all going. It's all disappearing. Yeah, and I need to go before 2030. Well, we <laughs> <laughs> before they fuck a, that right up. A little up. bit left. <laughs> it's really worrying, isn't it? Um, I think that I have these constant debates with myself about my own diet and the different reasons that I dip in and out of kind of plant based and not. And I think that I've had, personally, I've had certain addictions to food and I want to eat good things what are your addictions tell me your addictions i overeat i overeat a lot of it i eat a lot of um i have and it, i will say this always comes from fry uh, sorry this always comes from alcohol so the the bad choices i make in food tend to be because i'm hungover that's despicable yeah right um but fried food i mean i eat too much fried food or the, you know it's the it's the turkish it's having like a big mixed grill and stuff and then you know i really desperately want to keep to a certain you know 80 90 percent plant-based diet because actually i mean look i did it during lockdown i wanted to i, w I went 100 percent plant-based because you know there's joint issues like it's it's like you know inflammation like my body aches and i don't want to say it's like chronic pain but i i am in constant pain and i think it's diet-led do you know too. what i mean so that's why it, I, during lockdown i went 100 percent plant-based for two months eight weeks nine weeks and i felt so much better like those aches and pains started going. Yeah. i mean I, you know I, I got i got the uh that nasty plague thing in march yeah and i've been blaming all my aches and pains on that since but it could be just diet and the fact i've put on two stone in lockdown 
Um, so much comes from diet. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of convinced. We've been do- doing a lot yeah. of stuff with kind of gut health and the links between kind of, you know, what we're putting into our body and how our gut can, you know, yeah, we'll d- know determine that. our mental health. Um, but, you know, there's so much more to it. Like having a, we, we talk about an like, alkaline diet, which is largely. Like it's largely plant based. Plant based anyway. It is. Yeah, I mean, well, 90% of, of most of the, the, the cell receptors that produce cells in our brain are actually in our gut. You know, serotonin, mm. dopamine, that's all produced in, in the gut biome. That's why we call so, it second brain, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, when it's got that much, maybe it should be the first brain. <laughs> Some people do consider it a first brain. Yeah. Um, and that stems from, you know, from farming all the way up to anything that we eat and, and produce now, you know, the dairy industry. Mm. And, and all of those have interactions. The Americans, you know, the Western, the, that Western diet, they complain a lot about um, antibiotics not working on them because no. their bodies are too used to antibiotics for animals in. and it's coming in. Um, you know, pesticides well, we probably, and that shit. That pretty work. immune to most antibiotics in this country as well. Yeah, I'd say it's one of them things. That, I mean, you know, I think the more I, it's 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 weird. I I, I feel that there was a point in in my life where I, I didn't have much regard for my own health and. Um, even though I used to do a lot of, you know, Muay Thai, uh, Thai boxing um, and, you know, other martial arts, I'd stay fit. But I wasn't too worried about m- my mortality. <laughs> you never so, are when you're in your No, 30s. and, you know, a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs and just, you know, just a kind of carefree attitude in that respect. But, you know, since turning, well, I'm 42 now, since, you know hitting 40 I've, I've, I've been thinking about the next 40 years if I'm lucky enough to have any um, but now I really do consider even more every day about w- what you put into your body where things come from making sure I'm getting enough sleep and you know what it all links back to mental health as well I mean you know all these things later on mm. we don't we abuse ourselves through you know working as a chef do you know what I mean we don't eat well we don't sleep well we probably drink too much yeah, I can't drink too much anymore. I had a drink the other day, and uh, not not anything like I used to drink back in the day. But I had, I had a few drinks. And it took two days to recover, just from you know four beers and you know a couple of whiskeys, and and yeah, took two or three days. I think. I think you're right. I mean, you know, you'll have that. I don't necessarily get hungover, but I'm fucking useless the next day. Like I'm like I'm yeah. so lethargic, lethargic. <clears throat> that it has to be a sofa day. So if I do go out drinking, at least I. No, I've got the day off the next day. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I know that. But it's also how it, you know if if I did that on a Friday night and I had Saturday, then Sunday I'm still feeling a bit crap. Monday I'm starting my week on the back foot. Do you know? It's a tragedy. It's the only thing I was really, really good at. Or drinking. <laughs> drinking yeah. I used to think that I excelled at drinking. I was a brilliant drinker. I could drink for hours and hours and work the next day. But years later, no. Catches up. Mm. Catches up on you. I mean, it, it does me. <laughs> and I'm not 42. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it's a thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Catching up. Well, do you know what? I've just got back into Thai boxing. I've um, just started that up again. Which I just walked been past me. the Thai boxing place down the road, actually. Yeah, that's where I started. Five oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, they do early morning classes. I'm like, this is perfect. Now I've been doing yoga again. I'm still very bad at it. And since lockdown, I've probably put on another stone or so. So it really hurts to do yoga at the moment, but I'm 
doing it again and I'm really happy about that and also getting back into the ring I'm really happy I was actually really inspired by Mike Tyson jumping back in the ring and I was just yeah, like yeah it's a little bit different I mean, well, he's it's, a machine he's got an entire lifetime of he's also he's got 10 or so years on me and I just felt that if he can do it at that age I'm have you it, seen the speed of the guy it's fucking it's incredible it's obscene how fast that guy is I know absolutely it doesn't incredible. look like he slowed down at all or, or lost any power. What was no. it, 18 years, 20 years since he last yeah. had a fight? Mm. Yeah. Roy Jones Jr. has been fighting up until about two years ago, I think his last fight was. So, I mean, he's been still active. Mm. But I was watching a... Uh, I was watching a, a thing with Roy Jones. I think it might have been Joe Rogan, actually. A podcast. Um, but yeah, just hearing him say, I think he agreed to do the fight with Tyson, knowing that Tyson only had six weeks to get in shape. <laughs> and then they cancelled that date and then put it back, so he's got even longer. It's like, oh, right. <laughs> You've actually got more time to, you know, get in shape. But um, He's in shape. He's in shape. If you can keep yeah. that, that speed and that power for, a, like, you know, a whole, a whole fight. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Then, you know, he's got to win. He also said, though, do you know, did you see the first like, bit of footage that came out about him getting back in? And yeah. it's like lightning quick, super speed. And I saw him also like talking about the fact that he was in bed for about seven days after that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what you saw is what he got. Do you believe him? I, mean, I don't know. You it know. looked natural to me. It looked, like, it looked natural. Know. He's fast. I mean, look, he was never going to lose it completely, was he? But it's, uh, can you do it for the, 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 the distance? Can you go the distance on it? So, But I am inspired. I'm, I'm inspired to just like, you know, think about my health a bit more um, this year. Been trying to do that, as I say, through lockdown. It was also that thing. I mean, you, you know, you said you you had COVID, and um, I guess it's one of those things where I've been talking more kind of about my feelings. That it's not to say that it isn't there, but let's not try, try and chase a vaccine if we can just think a bit more about our own 
health. Do you know what I mean? I'm not to say vaccines aren't right for the right people, but wrong for the right. They're not they're right. Not, <laughs> hang on, what am I saying? I, I still think the vaccines, yeah, there's people that need vaccines, but we're just not talking enough about our health. And yeah. I thought during lockdown, for me, it was like, this is a perfect time to just consider it's my like health. It's like a before and after effect, isn't it? Because, I mean, the COVID, obviously the impact that it had on you. Yeah, it's on my ass. Yeah. yeah, completely wiped yeah. out. And I, I think, I mean, I was pretty fit. I, you know, last, last year I was working out three or four times a week. I was climbing mountains and running through, you know, deserts and stuff and doing quite a lot of exercise. And I think if I had been less fit, it might have got me. It might have done for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm really unfit now. I'm trying to get my fitness back. Uh, but I've got lung lung function about 60% now. So I've got to get that back as well. It's like, it's an uphill struggle. The long COVID thing is is, is real. I mean, I've got, I'm, I'm pretty sure my version of long COVID is, is quite mild um, compared to what I'm hearing yeah. from other people, but it's still there. You know, aches, pains, lethargy, brain fog, lung function. You know, mm. it's, you've got to work really hard to get back into the game. Um, and at my age, it's getting harder and harder. But, you know, I'm getting better. I can imagine. I mean, I had, what, two, three years ago, I got, like, walking pneumonia. And it was just like, you know, not resting when I had a cold or flu, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. But I had this bug that became a chest infection that became kind of... Pneumonia. Was there alcohol involved in it? Yeah, completely. Yeah. So I was just going out. I mean, that was a, that was the whole thing about up until that point, uh, as a chef and as you know, just doing these long hours and then going out after service. And I think I, I would ha- always have a permacold through winters. Yeah, Do you know whole, what I mean? Because you just you, you know the bugs are around and you just you power through it. You feel like shit on your days off, mm. but you go back into work and you carry on. And then, but it wasn't until it hit me and that this is. A, a, 2018 2017 and that was it I was off work for about three weeks really fucked me and that was when I actually started considering uh, resting a lot more that what I do now if I feel slightly slightly sick or ill I go to bed early like immediately it could be five in the afternoon or something and go to bed and I can I've, I've been able to fast track a few kind of little bugs I think just by that's it, put everything down, don't put the TV on, nothing, just go to bed, sleep it off. And fasting, fasting helps with this as well. Yeah. Fasting's hard. I mean, I fast, theoretically, I fast every day. I don't eat until sort of, you know, the afternoon every day. And I try and eat once, maybe twice a day. But fasting, proper fasting over a period of 24, 48 hours, it's so hard. Yeah, it's possible. Your body can do, no, yeah, absolutely. And your body can, um, I think it goes into this kind of state of like healing after about seventy-two hours. Is that so I've done, it yeah, I've no, done one of those, no which is crazy. Like, yeah. I, and that really, I did it on a weekend as well. When you just <laughs> you're sat at home and you're just like, oh, I need to do something, and you don't realise how much time you spend like eating or cooking food. It's like when I took food out of the equation, I'm like, fuck, I've got when too I, much time on my. Is that like some sort of fucking hyper version of ketosis? Yeah. It's it's essentially it's yeah it's that yeah. but your body just kicks into something and it's like this. It's like, where, where am I going to find this? Energy it heals. I, I used to do it the day when I go out on a Friday and come home on a Monday. Yeah, that's when I used to fast for. <laughs> it's a liquid diet. Yeah, that was a liquid diet. Yeah, 
and possibly other things. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I certainly believe in fasting in terms of I've done the an intermittent fasting for kind of years and long before I even knew it was a thing. We're, we're a chef and we graze. You don't really sit Well, yeah, but even through my fighting days, I would, I'd, I'd never wanted breakfast. Um, and I knew I would be training in the evening. So I'd just have one kind of big lunch. Mm. And then that would be it. By the time I went to the gym, I, you know, I could train on an empty stomach, so to speak possibly a small snack before going to bed but um it was like there was like a i wouldn't eat actually i wouldn't eat anything after eight o'clock at night so it was really from 12 till eight there was that window but mostly around kind of one o'clock in the afternoon that was my only meal a day i can't do it no no I, i'm i'm a hungry boy i have to eat <laughs> I like, like normally like i'll eat four times a day four or five times a day but it's, uh, if you're working, it's, uh, you know, working in kitchens, when I talk about kind of chefs having bad diets, that's one thing. But actually, it worked for me in terms of I would probably have a small bite to eat. But because I was working, I never wanted something too, like, carby or heavy. It, so even still, if I do go and work, I might just have a, what you can fit in a small glass, you know. Yep. And that's it. Just a little bit of something, maybe an apple or some guava or so you know some fruit some banana but that's it i don't need more when i'm working i'm, I'm absolutely fine on that on my days off i'm like fucking pac-man <laughs> <laughs> i will throw in you know like for two well three or four meals a day if i need to not all the time but some mm. full english breakfast at 10 o'clock there you go followed by lunch at 12 <laughs> <laughs> we actually went for a, a, a a bit of research the other day on Richard's behalf. Oh, uh, we went to for, we yeah. So we went to Umut Two Thousand in Dalston yeah. for some kebabs. Well, not just kebabs. We had the uh, the liver. Um, we had sweetbreads. We had lamb ribs. We had I was going to get onto the sweetbreads. Then we went cool. to Mangal. Oh, really? <laughs> we went to Mangal and had the sweetbreads and some more liver. Yeah, yeah. There's not enough offer in the world. That was delicious. I've never been uh, with Mangal. I've never really loved it in there. I've always found other. Well, it was always one of my favourites. I've always found better kebab or uh, Turkish um, bases. But I've got to say that was delicious. And the fact that, that they do the, uh, I, I really like sweetbread. So I thought they were delicious. Yeah. They were really moist. And I've not had sweetbread in years actually. We we'll go out there sometime. Mm. Yeah, when the when the craving hits, you've got to got to go and get it. It's very true. I need some guts. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I, I kind of feel that's the, the thing is that, you know, it, doing the, the the vegan, the fully plant-based thing, it was like, look, it was an experiment. I wanted to see if things would clear up. And they did. Genuinely, I had very good results with it. But then I just started thinking, you know what? Could I never have a kebab again? Could I never have like, you know, a nice Turkish grill of some kind? No. No, I'm not ready to do that to myself. So, um Maybe just having something like that once a week, I can do with that. Once I've a month. got this thing in my head. Obviously, it's a fantasy, but I, I'd like to grow, grow my own stuff and be self-sufficient. You know, it's like, I mean, it's that television program company. It's called Good Life, or whatever it was. Yeah, that kind of thing. You yeah, know, where you've got chickens and maybe some pigs and whatever, mm -hmm. and grow your own plants and live off it. It's, obviously, it's a, it's great talking about it, but it's actually bloody hard work. Yeah, so maybe I couldn't do it, but it is in the back of my mind that one day. I would, yeah. I mean, that is actually something that I used to think about in terms of a restaurant that I wanted. Obviously, not on my own because then I can pay people to to do stuff. Yeah. yeah but yeah, genuinely, I wanted you know a proper small holding 
with yeah. you know with some some farm life in there you know, and and get everything from it but my friend will who actually has his restaurant called the small holding and they've got their own pigs and chickens and geese and, and you know the the farm and everything it's actually more expensive to run that than it is to to you know buy, yeah, buy yeah. your veggies from your suppliers and things. Is, is it, it, you know it's a great way of doing it and the process is amazing and, and everything that he can teach all of the staff you yeah know, there's a huge respect for it but it's too expensive we um yeah i've looked into a few different concepts like that like you know kind of farm-led um kitchens and things but and but you realized that even the amount of space that you need you're only ever going to supply your restaurant with like maybe 10 20 percent of if it's a big site if yeah. you're going to be doing the numbers that you actually need to be doing the numbers to be paying the bills um then yeah you're only going to be supplying like 20 percent max so I, I yeah from doing it from home i mean i always have stuff growing on the balcony um that's gone now um, but yeah, I've always had kind of tomatoes, peppers, chilies, all my herbs. I, I think that's very important to just have that around. Uh, I had chickens once and, uh, not here, not here, no, I mean, I, I kind of got into the small holding thing back when I was down at the Swan yeah. and, um, living down in Kent and, um, yeah, I had a lot more space to be able to grow things and then had some chickens. And a fucking fox got them. Foxes always get them. I had the fences were like seven foot tall. Doesn't I don't know it. how it got the fuck over it. Well, they're foxes. Oh, they get underneath it, don't they're they? Cool. No, Why I couldn't get underneath it because of the decking. So I just thought it was secure. Yeah. The little chickens were in their little, little hutch, which was fine, but we didn't lock the door. Fox got inside. And even but they don't get inside, they, they, get, they get to the outside and they just stare at them until they fucking pass out from. Fear. Yeah, they have heart attacks, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Foxes are fuckers. They just kill them though. They don't eat them. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking why? Why? Well, there's, there's easier <laughs> food to be had out the bins. I was determined to run over the next fox I saw in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was quite bitter for the rest of that year. <laughs> they were about a week from laying eggs. I'd been <laughs> I'd gone from kind of chick stage just up to they're about to do their you know their, yeah. their first lay their first eggs and the fucking the fox deprived me of that so. Luckily, I didn't see a fox, but I was like, you know, <laughs> quite adamant. The next one I see, I'm going to run it over. Just figured a life for a life. There's hundreds of them around, you know, around the seas. They're so yeah, urban, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, loads of them, more than the country. Such an urban creature. So, the other thing I was going to ask you, we've, we've, uh, it's one of those topics we've uh, avoided up until now, but I think... Uh, we cast aspersions about our character. Well, no, no, it's, it's just—it's not—it's not a taboo subject. It's just people don't talk about it enough, and I, I feel that I—I I like talking about it because um, I do it. But psychedelics. 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 What are they? Well, tell me what they are. I believe they are. <laughs> well, do you know what? Through through lockdown, I—I'm I, going to say it the way it is, and I'm not necessarily saying this in a way that anyone should copy me. But I believe that things like mushrooms uh, have some good links to mental health, better mental health, or at least microdosing helped me. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've I've been microdosing for well, I think it might be a couple of years now. Hmm. Not religiously, but I mean, at least yeah. once a week, maybe twice a week, and getting the level down low enough so you don't actually end up, you know, tripping. 
<laughs> it's pretty tricky. I've ended up on the sofa a few times, just like, oh, I've done it again. Yeah. <laughs> so getting, getting, getting the, the dose low enough is quite tricky. But, but once you do, and once you, you know, it really does, you know, life is a lot rosier and a lot this, uh, better and more creative. I think so. Well, particularly with mushrooms, I think out of all the psychedelics and, you know, I've had my fair share. Um, but mushrooms, there's something that's really kind of pleasant, whether you're microdosing it or just having a trip, but you just feel good after that trip. And yet LSD, I'm yet to experience LSD in a way that actually makes me feel good for Yeah, I mean, it's an unnatural after. chemical, isn't it, LSD? Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, I think a natural form of DMT, mushrooms... Um, what else is there out there that's psychedelic and natural? Well, they're the only three I've been doing, I think. Oh, there's... Yeah, but in small amounts. I mean, like, for instance, I, I did one drop of um, one drop of mushrooms, like a liquid mushroom thing last night. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good today, I'm not going to lie. I think yeah. it, I, there was no, you know, yeah. there was no trip or high or anything, but today I feel like... It's the it's that yeah it's a nice kind of feeling that you get and like I said even if you have that one trip, um, which you know to, to me I call them plant medicines because it, it is doing something it is healing do you know what I mean and um, uh, the the fact that you can have that one trip and then the next few days after that you just feel quite nice and Does yeah, the world would be a nicer with... place if everyone were doing mushrooms. I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to trip though I'm just trying no to, but yeah, I mean literally the microdosing thing is I read a book about it. Um, and I thought I've got to try this. And it, it does actually work. It's just whether you can get it low enough. But is so, that what's that with mushrooms or any of them? I mean, certainly with LSD. You know, I, I failed miserably to get it low enough every single time I tried. I, I uh, watered down uh, liquid LSD with uh, distilled water. Yeah. Ten parts water to one part liquid LSD, and then sprayed a tiny little bit under my tongue. And then an hour later, I'm on a sofa, I'm tripping. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. And that happened repeatedly till I gave up. <laughs> and, you know, got rid of it. Might Just, have happened to know. me the other day. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know how, how you get that the, the dose low enough, but I failed. Yeah. Um, so I, now, now I've tried mushrooms a few times. That's easier because it's more mellow. It's, you yep. know, you water that down, put one drop on your tongue. Well, I was, so I was um, microdosing them for quite a while, and I, I totally believed in it. But, you know, if, if you get, like, Point one of a gram. Um, that was enough. There was yeah, there was yeah. complete functionality, which was absolutely fine. What does it do? Like, does it? Because I mean, you know, you, you feel good for a few days after. Does it, does it like actually stop you from having, you know, sort of anxieties? And it's do, that, do, does it just exactly settle the mind completely? To, to me, I, I, I say it takes the edge off of life. Yeah, yeah. It's just it makes you mellows you out. It makes you more productive. More more creative, uh, makes, you know, makes life a little bit more rosy. I'm glad that there's a lot of research being going into like psychedelics now and there, there are, um, you know, their links to better mental health. Uh, I mean, you know, that doesn't mean anyone should be trying. Yeah, to no, no, exactly. Not I'm not suggesting it's an answer to anything. It's but, so the but they, I think there's going to be a time when they, that they do say, look, you know, in, in a controlled way that these are going to be available for people. But there's a lot of, lot of studies around it. And there. there's a lot of neuroscientists that are doing studies around it. There's, um, I've read about it earlier. Uh, there's a guy that's that that's got a. They I think they do like 160,000 brain scans a year in studying um, the effects of nutrition and 
you know, natural things on uh, on mental health and they can see in brain scans what mm. it's actually doing i mean that's the fact that they're allowed to do that research says that there's something changing at some yeah. point they'll be able to prove all of the things that people are talking about behind mm, i think it's it's, it's just it's it's very it's it's baffling that they ever got put into the uh, into certain categories anyway i mean you know there are definitely drugs out there that are very very harmful okay. and yeah, exactly yeah. what well, probably, probably the most harmful it, uh, drug <laughs> <laughs> alcohol is just like it destroys people destroys Nicotine. families everyone you know Nicotine's awful. but yeah. these things are legal and yet something that has no there's the deaths there's been no deaths well it's political it's just you yeah. know what, 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 well, it's the, what is graham it's hancock say graham hancock calls it a war on consciousness yeah and I believe, I, you know, the more I do with that, I understand that there's, I feel that there is something else out there. There is another dimension. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the amount of stuff, I mean, you know, DMT is the same. It's like, I, I really fucking like DMT, but it just kind of, it's that ego death that you get from it. You know, you go on this thing and you just, you realise that you, you, you're so insignificant and... Uh, it really knocks you down. It puts you in your place. Do you know what I mean? Well, I and can't handle that. Really no? my self-confidence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, I, I, can, I can be a dick sometimes, you know. I'm going to put my hand Aren't up and all? say that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but this, I don't know, it just kind of puts you in place a bit and just says, look, calm yourself down. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you think, that, I mean, obviously, quite clearly, the reason why these things that are good for you are taken away because it is serious levels of control you know most people that do these kinds of things and are open and discuss it are also the sort of people that are questioning an awful lot of what's going on around the world all of the time you know allow themselves to be more open to you know governments being full of shit yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> you want to go there do you oh well you know what i'm like i've fucking had enough of it at the moment but it, do you know what I mean? It is, it's, it's control. And the more you kind of prevent people from, you know, that allowance of openness, yeah. then you can control that thing. I feel that it's, um, it's very unjust. I mean, you know, they're just lumping everything in the, in the one drug category. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's unfair when yeah, there is something like alcohol that actually really destroys people and destroys people around them this they need to look into because I also think that there's there's actual medical benefits from certain psychedelics but I'm going to say particularly mushrooms because that's something that feels very organic and I do enough of them that I feel that it, it actually contributes into me being a calmer person a bit more clarity when I do it I haven't done any for a while. Um, but yeah it's I feel it's very unfair. I'm glad that there is research happening. I hope that something happens kind of soon, that we see them on the market somewhere. Well, it's no different to CBD being allowed now. Well, I mean, it was only a year ago that it was still not. There's still a lot of gray areas with CBD. And again, it's something I do daily, Mm. but putting it into foods and stuff, it has to be... It can't be treated as a medicine. It has to be treated as a novelty food item. Yeah. When do you take it? Morning or evening? Both, actually. At the moment, I've got tablets, so I have a, a morning one and an evening one. Okay. But I'm lucky that I, uh, the guys at Nabino, uh, 
uh, I you know do a couple of little bits and pieces with them and they send me some little care packages every now and then so it's like trying new products yeah. and stuff so I was always I've always been on the oil but I've got I've even got like a diffuser I think I'm, I'm not quite sure if it's something you smoke <laughs> or um, it's like a room diffuser with CBD I'm not sure there's there's no instructions with this one oh, I use the oil yeah oil's good and it heals as well I've rubbed it on like kind of when I used to wear my rings like if I got any rashes on my fingers mm. I could rub the oil on that and it'd go kind of you know it's within a, a day it's very good and tattoos heal quite quickly with it yeah I heard about that actually. so these kind of super plants out there mm. they're just normal plants <laughs> well, there's a lot to this medicine have you done anything like cambo cambo Cambo, the, it's the, the, Is that the African one. No, no, it's South American. It's a South American. Oh, Phyllobates uh, um, bicolor. I know what you're talking about. It's the it's the monkey frog, the giant monkey frog. Oh, it's a tree frog of some kind. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's Phyllo Phyllomedusa bicolor. That's what I got. So I got that from Cambo. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean that's a that's a toxin though. But yeah. Yeah, but it's a, it's another part of that kind of healing, which I again I. In the last four years of like, you know, working on myself and mental health and, you know, just trying to get myself back into uh, to a better human being. <laughs> but I, I've, I wanted to try that. I just wanted to see where I'd go with it. And I realized it is, I mean, I've done it a couple of times and there is something there. I think, you, you know, you're sitting in a room with 10 other people on a Saturday morning in a little yoga studio and you, give, you pass a little wooden frog around. And you all kind a of wooden frog. Yeah, it's just a it's a token frog just to set your intention and yeah. and tell the frog what you want. Um, and I it's mean, yeah, frogs are quite quite hard to find. They're, you know, they're they're in the Brazilian rainforest. Well, now let me tell you that that's so. I'll tell you more about that. But this is just a a toy frog essentially. Right. Okay. And this is so you can just set your intention in, in amongst the room and you, you know you've got the energy of everyone else, but you're just saying, look, I want to. I don't know. I want to give up smoking. Or I want to, you know, I need direction in my life. I need this. So it's about setting your intention. And I think there's a lot of that power of suggestion, the positive suggestion. That's what you're doing there. The the frog itself, so they collect the, the secretion on the skin. And then they dry it out on a board, a plank, and then they ship them over. So you get the plank and you rehydrate that secretion with a bit of water. And it's like a little bogey. And then they burn your arm in little dots with like an incense stick. It's a bit dramatic. Yeah, and they peel it away. And then they put these little fucking frog bogies in each one. And have you done poppers before? You know that kind of... you done poppers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? You yeah. know the head rush you get? Yeah. You instantly get that. And I might add, before you do this, you chug. Before you get burnt, you chug uh, like two litres of water. So you just got to knock that back as quickly as you can. Yeah. Go and get this done. Sit back down. <laughs> and then literally between... My own experience is it happens very quickly. So within five minutes, all the water I've just done comes straight back up. Delightful. Fine <laughs> <laughs> up a river. And then when it's all out, then that's over for me. I, that, that, that's done. But some people, it might take like half an hour for them to start feeling sick. It may take them forty minutes to get everything out. I mean, it's it's I've, it's been crazy. It depends how deep it is and whatnot. Mine's pretty straightforward mm. and done. 
And the first time I did it, I felt really awful afterwards. I just felt like drained. I wanted to go to bed. The second time I did it, it was a different experience. Whereas you I, went I back just for second. Yeah, it's a weird <laughs> thing, right? Um, <laughs> it's a really thing. But I'm going to go back on that in a sec. But the second time I did it, I felt like I could go to the gym afterwards. I felt like energized and amazing. I felt like that for a few days. What I will say, there is something about the the whole journey of. Um, what is it you have to start you have like a bit of a no you can't smoke no you can't drink you can't have sex you can't have red meat you can't have coffee you know there's a lot of no's leading up to it and afterwards so it's it's like you're putting your body into a certain state before doing the medicine and then afterwards and and i like that kind of journey of like you know setting things you're setting your intention but you're also getting ready perhaps for me it's been like oh it's when i do my sober six months so i do it just before that because now i'm ready to just get all those toxins out and it basically it cleanses your lymphatic system so it's a purge that's all it is it's just a purge but with that intention you're setting i really i mean i'm really really into it i am um... yeah you can have that one <laughs> <laughs> that's yours i'm not stick showing frog frog bogeys in any part of my flesh <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick to the uh, the mushrooms and you know maybe some THC. Yeah. DMT. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd give the DMT a go. Um, I'm dubious, but I'd, uh, yeah, for sure, I'll, I'll give it a go. I've done a fair bit, and uh, I've got to say, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm keen to go and do a ayahuasca. I've not done that. Yeah, but this, I mean, that's a big event. It's five days in the jungle. It's like, I mean, I, I love the jungle. I've spent quite a bit of time in there, mm. but five days roughing it getting off your head every every night purging getting mm. off your head all these um ceremonies they do you know dancing around and it's it's pretty pretty brutal i mean i've, I've got a, a a friend that's done it yeah, yeah. a few friends actually, yeah but one, okay. one 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 of my mates has done it and he came back and he was like you know exhausted by the whole thing did it help though uh, he's going to go back so I'm guessing yeah. he wants me to go with him yeah. but uh, I'm, I'm guessing it did yeah yeah. I think there's I mean you know I've, I've had my fair bit of DMT and it happens so fast because your body doesn't hold on to it and it starts breaking it down so you know kind of within 10 minutes it's all over but you know you, when you've smoked it and you just kind of lay back on the sofa and you're just like what the fuck is going on like it is so mental and insane like I, I can't get my head around it and that makes me want to do more and find out what's going on but it is I mean you know you, you can see all these geomet you, your mind whether it's you tapping into a frequency of consciousness or it's just your mind making these things up which it could be your mind makes some really mad stuff up <laughs> When you've taken it because you're like wow how the hell can i see these geometric shapes like they're so intricate they're like these like sacred kind of mandalas and stuff like that you start seeing just don't know how your mind can conceive that kind of stuff but i can also now understand where a lot of art comes from as well yeah and particularly i always see these kind of people talk about these entities but i see these usually kind of Hindu gods and like Kali and um, Krishna and stuff. I mean, it's 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 insane. Sinbad adventure sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, all these creatures with arms. But they always seem happy to see me, which is you know I'm pleased oh, about cool. that. Yeah. 
why I want to do the ayahuasca is because I just need they, they have an inhibitor you have it with an, an inhibitor plant which allows you to keep the DMT in your body and slow yeah. it all down and, and uh, you end up you know figuring a bit more out apparently with yeah. you know you need it guided through with the shaman but well I suppose it keeps you out of trouble for a little bit longer you know I could be drunk yeah exactly I could be drunk and doing really horrible Terrible drunk drugs. things yeah yeah bad drugs not good drugs so um, I like this part of my life now it's just it's a bit calmer it's a bit more there was a philosophical on Netflix about the uh, the whole journey to to the ayahuasca and how there's um, there's a whole tourist industry built up around it it doesn't it looks a bit grim to be honest yeah I think they've over they've yeah. kind of overdone it which is why I'm kind of interested in a few people that have come over back to the UK Okay, I think they're in the UK, but there's certainly the Netherlands and Portugal. Spain. There's a couple of treat, retreats where it's just like you know, they've got shaman out to do it, and um, yeah, it's, it's a bit closer to home. A little closer to home. So I've, I've actually got something booked in in November. So quite, <laughs> quite keen to tell the tale. Yeah, I can't say where any of this is. Well, Richard, that's a good chat. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for coming. Me. Yeah, we've got one more thing for you. We would normally ask everyone else. But oh, it's just, yeah. Well, it's not for you to get naked, although <laughs> could be different. No, no one needs um, to see that. No but no, it's just like you know, being a chef or someone who's cooked for a long period of time. Like, what? What's your comfort thing? What's your comfort food? My yeah. comfort food currently changes, it changes. But currently, it's two things. I like devil kidneys. And tin sardines. Oh yeah, not together, obviously. I'd give it a go, but no, uh, you know, tin sardines, and I can't bother to cook anything. Just open a tin, eat them out yeah. the tin. Um, and when I when I want to cook or can cook, I'll, I'll eat uh, devil kidneys. Mm. And they're my two favourite things currently, but they'll change. That's kind of protein. There's no carby things in there. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm going to mashed no. potato a lot of the time, but um. yeah, I mean, I like mashed potato with chicken and gravy. Obviously, that's yeah. yeah. But but no, I'm not a carb fiend. There we I, go. I like my protein hits and and uh, the odd bowl of spinach and you know yeah. broccoli. I love broccoli. Grand. Like piles. Of broccoli. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. the same. Yeah. Absolutely. Not al dente. No, no, al dente. No. Always cooked properly. No. Well, until it's yellow. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, not grandma level. <laughs> but cooked till it's, you know, you can break it with your fingers. It's still bright green, but, yeah, you know, properly cooked. That's when broccoli's at its best. Yeah. I like courgettes like that. Yeah. Mushy courgettes. Yeah, mushy courgettes are nice. Yeah. Really good. Fergus does the best vegetables. I know he's an awful cook, but, you know, he does brilliant vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, thanks again, mate. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, Cheers, guys. Should we stop drinking? Yeah, let's get the shots in. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.